You're with Julian on the brown note and the biggest sports story of all time. It's actually not far off. The European Super League and why everyone is wrong. Now, I've had a lot of thoughts about this and I'm not seeing, I mean, I've seen some amazing in-depth look at it, but a lot of the things I'm about to say I haven't read anywhere and I've read a lot about it because it's been so much fun. So if you don't know, uh, a consortium led by JP Morgan's Money Men and 12 of the largest clubs in Europe in soccer or football are um, announced without warning, which was just incredible, on Sunday um, that they were forming a European Super League where basically the biggest clubs in the leagues around Europe would play each other on a Wednesday night. At this stage, they believed that they would be playing in their own domestic competitions as well. So the premiership sides like Manchester United and Liverpool that joined up would carry on in the premiership and that they would then have this secondary league. And the onus was that, it, well, the, the idea, I suppose, would it would supplant what they currently have, which is the UEFA Champions League, the richest non-premiership tournament in the world. And the clubs that get into that are usually the top three or four in any of the major European leagues. And then they have a season behind the season. So they have this other competition going while they're having their own domestic leagues. And then they... Um, you know, the biggest clubs in Europe fight off for this gold and hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue comes through. But you've got to qualify. Now, they haven't always qualified. Arsenal, particularly one of the UK sides, and Tottenham and Manchester United haven't got a very good track record of qualifying for this Champions League. Um, it's watched all over the world. So is the Premiership. But these clubs spend so much money now that they want to be guaranteed to be in their Champions League every year. But you only get their own merit. So they think we're big enough. We should have, we should, Manchester United should play Real Madrid every week. We shouldn't leave it up to ability or chance. So they announced that this was happening. Now, this is, um, this is really different to anything that's happened in Australian sport. They've had breakaway leagues here. Um, the soccer is sacrosanct. It isn't like any other sport in America. They do it with um, American football clubs will move from a city to a completely different city. The franchises there are businesses. That's not soccer. Football is not like that. I don't mind saying soccer. I'm in Australia. It doesn't bother me. I don't care. Uh, soccer or football is fine. This is, uh, the blowback from this has been larger than the blowback from anything that's happened in sport in the, probably the last 50 years. In Australia, they've sort of done it with rugby union and rugby league. This is completely different. This is a, an atomic bomb has gone off. I don't know, I would imagine, but I don't know that they were prepared for how much of a backlash there is. The one thing I want to give kudos to the European Super League for, no one has brought... The organisational bodies of football like FIFA and UEFA in the Premier League so together with the fans of football in the last half a century. So well done there. Um, the penalties so far being touted may not have been expected by the breakaway. I, I expect that Liverpool, Manchester United and so on expected to carry on playing in the Premier League. 
some of the penalties that have been immediately thrown out there. All these clubs involved, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Manchester United, will be immediately cut off from their respective leagues. And part of this is a bit of a con towards the Premiership side. The Premiership is the most valuable league in the world. Clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid can't make that kind of money in La Liga in Spain because they don't have the depth in the league. The Premiership does. They need the Premiership clubs. They need this Super League a lot more than the Premiership clubs because the Premiership makes so much more money. So that's part and parcel of it. The penalties of kicking them out of the league are just a start. Kicking them out of the Champions League may have been expected for... This seems to be a replacement for the Champions League for these guys. A Champions League without any merit, basically. Then they're talking about FIFA banning the players that play in this league from representing their countries in international games. Meaning that this European Super League will be this homogenised bubble where none of the players play in the World Cup. Uh, they don't play in their domestic leagues um, and the ramifications are absolutely catastrophic and there is a possibility as has happened in countries like China of enticing players of a high caliber through money but a whole league's worth I really don't think so you are asking some hotshot player from England or Spain to never play in the World Cup to not play in their domestic league and it would be the amount of ramifications for the players which are in some of these clubs a total of a billion dollars worth of players have very strict contracts which regards their participation in international games and in the Champions League. So they would have to renegotiate everything with these players from the off. And the European Super League has got its lawyers out, but I don't think it was quite prepared for this unified front all of the supporters' clubs have come out screaming, uh, screaming for the owners' heads. Um, and cancellations of season tickets are going through the roof. So it is possible that they expected this level of blowback, but I doubt it, because it is that extreme. It's Why are they doing it? It's been planned for a very long time. There have been talk about a breakaway European Super League for a very long time. The clubs get... A lot of revenue from being in the Premiership, they get millions a year. And then if they qualify for the Champions League, they get millions a year, tens of millions again. And plus all of the share of the TV rights and so on. So these clubs have spent up to their eyeballs and they need that money each year. So when they don't qualify, it is more than an inconvenience to them. And the other side of this is the owners. Around the start of the Premier League in the 1990s, big shot owners from overseas started coming in and buying up Premiership clubs. Overseas owners and financial money men, and they have been a both a boon to the amount of money that's gone into the clubs and a disaster because they treat them like businesses. We've now got an Arsenal club owned by the owners who own NRL clubs in America, where they treat the whole paradigm much more like a business than they do here. They look at those clubs solely from a financial perspective. They've got nothing at all to do with them on a, an emotional level at all. Now, one of the things that the... So the blowback and the penalties are just mind-blowing. It would seem impossible to do. But um, 
The first thing that everyone's getting wrong about this, they're saying it's all about greed. It isn't. It's half about greed. It's half about debt. If you look through that list of 12 clubs, you'll find at least six of the world's most in-debt sports clubs. Real Madrid spends so much money trying to live up to being Real Madrid, they're about a billion dollars in the red. They spend so much on $300,000 a week wages and sacking their manager after six months and paying him off millions that they're in debt up to their eyeballs. Many clubs, just to keep up in this arms race in football, especially in the Premiership, are colossally in debt. Their Arsenal are a great example. They were screaming for a European Super League and saying that they would go to one under Arsene Wenger maybe 15 years ago. Why? Because they were greedy? No, because they needed the money from the Champions League every year because they'd already spent it. They were continually on the brink of financial collapse despite being one of the biggest football clubs in the world because they spent too much money trying to keep up with their rivals. And then you have rivals like Manchester City that have a billionaire come in and pump the club full of money from the Middle East with unlimited resources, which UEFA have tried their hardest to stop and never ever carry the penalties through, which has made it very difficult for other people to come on board. Then you've got Manchester United. This is how sickening. No premiership clubs should be overseas owned at all. And this was the outcome and this is what we all said would happen. The Glazers brought Manchester United and did so with something that should be illegal. They came to Manchester United and they bought them. Except imagine me coming to buy your car and I've gone to the bank to get a loan to buy your car and I've secured the collateral for the loan with your car. That's what they did. They bought Manchester United with debt. They went to the banks and they said, we want to borrow all the money to buy Manchester United and our collateral is Manchester United. How the hell was that ever legal? The second they signed that dotted line and bought Manchester United, they transferred nearly a billion dollars of debt onto Manchester United. That's what's driving a lot of this. COVID was a smokescreen. They've probably been planning for years and they thought this is our one chance. They really don't care. They really don't care. They're talking about fans as legacy fans. What they are looking at is new fans. And that doesn't mean 30 miles away from the club. That means in Thailand, in Africa, in America, new fans. They don't give a shit about those old fans at all. This is purely business. Now, the second thing and the main thing that everyone is getting wrong about this, they're saying it will kill soccer. It will kill football. The European Super League is going to kill football. No, it won't. It will kill the clubs in the European Super League. It will kill the European Super League. Clubs like Real Madrid and Manchester United have an enormous amount of kudos globally because of their positions in their own domestic leagues and in the Champions League. Now, if you take that away, and every now and again you'll get a titanic battle between the 
behemoth of world football and everyone cares. You take that away and you just have a league where no one ever gets relegated of 12 sides that play each other week in, week out. Who is going to care about the fifth Manchester United-Real Madrid game this season? No one will care at all. These clubs standing will start to fade. In five years, no one is really going to care that Arsenal and Tottenham are playing in the European Super League. What they will care about is the new faces that have risen with the absence of these behemoths from their respective leagues and from the Champions League. This is entirely based around the revenue projections that clubs like Real and Manchester United get from being in the Premiership and La Liga and the Champions League. They are not going to get those TV revenue projections that they hope for in five years' time because no one will really care anymore. They won't have been able to secure all of the world's best talent because there are plenty of other clubs playing in those competitions that will get at least half of those players now. Even though it's more likely to be all of those players, they will still not have access to the same wide pool of talent that they used to have. This will be a law of diminishing returns. These aren't players that will be playing in their domestic leagues in the European Cup or possibly even for their international sides. This will rely solely on, a, on an audience that is prepared to watch 12 sides in an homogenised bubble play each other week in, week out. It isn't going to work. The money they're predicting isn't there. What will happen is the Premiership will flourish because it will be much more open. It won't be dominated by the money clubs. The talent in the Premiership extends all the way down into the second division, the Championship. Halfway down the Championship, which isn't even the first division, would beat most teams in Europe. There's plenty of quality left. The Spanish league will be brilliant without Barcelona or Real Madrid winning every year. It will be so much more interesting. The Champions League will be so much more interesting. It won't take long for new heroes to emerge at all. We already see clubs like Leicester come through and thrive and it become this fascinating thing. My club, West Ham's, in the Champions League spot approaching the end of the season for the first time ever. What these clubs disgustingly want to do is remove the ability for clubs like West Ham and Leicester to ever achieve anything because they want to be sure they've got the money locked in. The money's not there. The money. If you think that people in India or Thailand are solely interested in Manchester United and Real Madrid, you don't understand football. They love watching the Premiership. They love watching the smaller sides. I remember vividly being in a hut on a beach in Koh Samui in Thailand in 1997 watching the FA Cup final because a group of Thai guys had it on this little square box. That isn't going to happen when you've got this small bubble of elite clubs. These overseas play, uh, fans that you think are going to be your new fan base aren't going to go anywhere near this tarnished vision of football. They're going to stick with the Champions League, even if it doesn't have Real Madrid in it. And I, I think uh, one thing that I, I don't think has been mentioned either is that if you don't think money men have disgusting thoughts beyond the disgusting thoughts they've admitted to, I think that there is a global plan here. I think the long-term goal here is to create a global Super League. 
This is a start. And what will then happen is that they will want to allow these billionaire clubs that exist in the Middle East or in um, Russia or in China or in America, they want to have them in this competition. Their long-term goal, I guarantee you, is to create a global super league where the rich clubs of China, of Russia, of America, and in the Middle East can all play together in the same league and no one else is invited. No one's going to watch that, <laughs> ever. And the thing is, if you don't think that they've already thought about relocating Arsenal to the United Arab Emirates, where their sponsors are from, or Manchester United to Dubai, you, of course they have. Manchester City as well, they're another Middle Eastern-owned club. They think that they can move these clubs. And another of the weird penalties is... Clubs like Liverpool and Manchester United have permission from the city to use that name. They could well become the Abu Dhabi Bombers <laughs> because these municipalities aren't going to let them use the names even. So I think it won't happen. This blowback is too vast, but I kind of hope it does. The failure will be of a magnitude that has never been seen by money men before. And it will revitalise soccer because it has locked out some of the greediest individuals that have ever got involved in the game and given an enormous amount of range for people below them to play at the highest level. So even though they're scumbags of the highest order, I really don't think it is in danger of killing football. I think it's in danger of killing Real Madrid and Manchester United. This is Charlie Patton, one of the originators of the Blues and a spoonful of Blues.